And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And we have a special guest today, Fred Ranger. Fred, uh, he's a visual storyteller, and he's also the publisher of the Visual Storytelling Podcast. He's, uh, he's a friend up north, from up in uh, the Great White North, uh, Montreal, Canada. Beautiful city. Great place to do photography. He's probably bored of it. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, Fred. Thanks for being with us. Bob, it's such a pleasure to be with you here today. Uh, and yes, uh, cold Montreal, but it's, it's getting better. We can see uh, some glimpse of uh, you know summer coming up. So uh, really liking that. <laughs> yeah, summer should start sometime in June. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. For, for a month and a half. So Yeah, yeah for a month and a half. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, yeah, I I love Montreal. I told Fred last time we talked, I we, we spent our honeymoon there. There you go. Not you and me, right? Just, Not just you and me, no. This is my wife. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's a lot more fun than you are. Uh, well, I, I can I can <laughs> definitely see that. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, Fred. I uh actually Fred had me on his podcast uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So of course I want to invite him on here. He's he's a storyteller and uh you know, professional in the field of storytelling. So I want to pick his brain a little bit. But before we get into that, Fred, I'd like to ask you. Just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into street photography, how you became a storyteller as part of that. Yeah, thank you so much for for the question, Bob. Uh, really happy to be uh, on your podcast. And yes, uh, by the way, uh, you participated to, to my podcast and it was one of the most popular episodes. So just want to throw it out there. That, uh, wow. Uh, yes, pe- people like you, Bob. Uh, but uh, so for, for my little story, uh, it, it actually began... Back in 94, and I showed you before the show a video camera, and it's a Sony Handycam 1994 8mm cassette camera, for those who don't uh, know. Um, There was no digital back then, and this was kind of me starting to document things and document life. I was documenting my family. I was documenting my friends. I started to do some short films, skateboard films, uh, little short videos, and so on and so forth. And then I actually got into uh, communication school a little bit later on. And, uh, and I was also in a band, a music uh, ska punk reggae band for 12 years. And, um, and I had the opportunity to, to be in contact with people who were photographing concerts and also um, videographing concerts. So I was like, wow, okay, so this is, there's a lot of storytelling happening with these tools. And so I got interested into the field of, of storytelling and communication and marketing. So I studied for it in university. And while I was at university, I had a, a photography class and a teacher by the name of Marc Kramer, uh, who's uh, still around. Actually, I reached out to him not that long ago. Uh, he, he really put me on to, you know, really understanding the craft of photography. And this was a eureka moment. I, uh, that was back in 2001, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 2000, early 2000. And I never, never stopped since then. I, I picked up a film camera back then. It was a, I think it was a Nikon F something. I, I forgot the model. Uh, but then right after the, the first semester, the second semester, it was digital. And it was, it was those big and bulky Kodak. Because for those who don't know, Kodak was one of the first to market a digital mm-hmm. camera. 
So I picked up uh, that camera and I was like, oh my God. Okay, so we can we can skip the, the, the dark room uh, and we can go straight to the computer with Photoshop, I don't know, one or two version <laughs> and, uh, and, and edit our photos. So for me, um, the tools became interesting. I became the assistant in the photography class, uh, which is uh, very nice uh, for a young uh, fellow who's interested in uh, both the gear and the art. So I assisted the, the teacher there. And, and then I discovered uh, traveling, right? So traveling the world uh, due to my passion for travel, but also for my jobs. I had always had jobs that uh, brought me to go everywhere in the world, in Europe, in the States, in of course, in Canada. Um, so I, I brought this little camera with me. So w first camera, I think was a Coolpix Nikon, forgot the model, but like those kind of small-ish type of cameras. And I would start documenting everything, um, the, the airplane, uh, the mountains, the water, people, and so on. I didn't know back then, but I was kind of doing travel and street photography. I didn't know mm -hmm. what it was called. And there was no Instagram. I mean, it was Facebook, I think, probably. And uh, people were posting photos of their cats and their babies. I was posting photos about my travels. So, uh, uh, and then I got kids where, uh, I mean, as a lot of people would do, started documenting that also. And my love for photography, storytelling grew, grew and grew. So I decided back in, I think it's eight years ago, to start my own YouTube channel because I had questions. I had questions about the gear that I was using. I had questions about how to become a more um, involved and, and meaningful photographer and, and videographer. And the rest is history. So I, I now host the uh, Visual Storytelling Podcast, the Fuji Love Conversation Show on the Fuji Love channel. And also I have my uh, own uh, brand and own website where I, I share a lot of this passion. So sorry, it's a long intro, but uh, this is kind of my path to sure. me being involved in that uh, space. And more recently, I've been even more involved with uh, street photography because I've joined some communities like the Leica Street uh, Photographer Coll uh, Collective and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's me today. Man, you're a busy guy. So you, <laughs> you do also work in the corporate world and you do a lot of travel or you're getting back into travel again. Does your job entail using your, your, uh, storytelling skills and gear or is it completely unrelated? No, no, it's actually uh, very on point. Uh, <clears throat> I am a marketing leader also. So I lead a, a, in a tech space and a media and entertainment space. So as you can imagine, um, marketing in 2022 and, and a little bit before and beyond, uh, it's all about content, right? So having the right content, I've been engaging, interactive, uh, and, and most often, uh, video content. So, uh, so no, I, I do uh, look around my cameras everywhere I go for, for both personal projects and also sometimes, uh, to help with the content creation side of things. So, uh, so no, it's very central. And as a marketer, as a marketing leader, I use storytelling to tell the stories about our product or services, uh, every single day. So whether it's an advertising campaign or a social media communication campaign or press release, all those skills that I learned through photography, videography, and music, being uh, also in a band for, for 12 years, uh, I, uh, I use them every day. Yeah. You know, before we get into photography in particular, I, I wouldn't mind asking you about your music life. A reggae band. <laughs> Yaman. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, 
that's that's a big part of my life um and still is today i'm I'm no longer touring with a band but i'm still playing every every day or so um for me music was another language i was so interested in because it was basically limitless and and there was no boundaries and there's no physical boundaries or no mind boundaries when you're playing music or listening to music or communicating through music so um yeah so i i formed a band And back then, you have to remember, 1997, 98, uh, ska was reviving. Uh, there was a revival of ska. Like, I think they called it the third wave or something like that. <laughs> it was not the Jamaican ska that, you know, the 60s, but uh, with uh, Radio One and, and so on. But it was kind of a, another wave with the Mighty Mighty Bustones and with, you know, a couple bands like that, uh, the Deftones and, and Sublime and so on. Um, and at the end of the day, I said, well, I want to do that, but I really like... So I like ska, I like reggae, but why don't we mix and we add a bit of alternative slash rock um, in between so we create our own sound. And some people really like that. So uh, we signed a, a small you know, label deal that got us to uh, with a ska uh, label here in, in Montreal. And then we started to, to tour a bit and really liked it. Uh, you know, my, when my friends were doing nothing back uh, then in the basement, we were just touring Canada and the US and having... Uh, a lot of fun so so i i'm glad that these uh, years happened for me because it was very formative and it still uh, to this date informs some of my decision and 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 actually form my, my character and also help me um when i'm performing or quote unquote sharing uh, my passion for something so I, i go back to those years and i i i remember how it was when people were looking on at the stage and feeling something so I'm in the business of making people feel stuff. I think I just realized that by talking to you, Bob, today. So where do you play? You play guitar? I think I see a guitar, several guitars. Of course, you're <laughs> going to have more than one, right? Yes. Yeah. And this is half of the collection. The other ones are upstairs. <laughs> uh, yes, it's it's. I mean, it's the same gas that we have on the camera side. Yeah. I have it on the music side too. Uh, the good news is that I think I'm I'm complete on that on that side, but. You know, just like me, that Never. the minute we say that, it's because we we have another another one in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're a creative guy, obviously. I mean, you're a creator, a professional creator. And how does, I guess, the mindset of music relate to visual communications, photography in particular? Do you, is there a connection? Yes. Yes. Um, As a matter of fact, I like to edit and look at photo books with music in the background because for me, um, creating an experience and making people feel something, I truly believe that this is what this is why we're on this planet, right? So I'm not a very religious guy or a spiritual guy, but I know that human beings have this ability to create environments and experiences that people will remember, that people will find remarkable. So I find that two ways to do that. There, it's not the only two ways to do that, uh, but to really create an experience that people will find positive, will remember, and find it remarkable, I feel that music and photography are very intimately um, you know, tied together. It's two languages, but can create the same outcome. So for me, it's a, it's a very interesting concept. So when you're processing photos and you've got music in the background, Does the type of music you're listening to or the particular song you're listening to affect how you feel about the photo when you're working on it? That's a very good question. And, and then wow. do you play certain music 
based upon what you're trying to do or is it yes i do uh, and yeah. it also depends if uh, uh if if it's the beverage uh that's in front of me so if it's a glass of red or if it's a uh, glass of bourbon it might uh, affect the uh, the music playing in the background but no uh, jokes aside um yes i do uh select i have playlists uh, maybe i can share that with you afterwards but i have playlists sure. where um jazz is 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 a big part of it uh, yeah. i know it sounds a bit cliche but uh, it does help me put my the mindset in the right place. Um, big John Coltrane fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Lee Morgan is is way up there. One of my one of my favorite artists in the world, mm-hmm. uh, and Miles and all the other guys. But like, I have a specific playlist for that. But also, um, I like uh, electronic music, but not EDM. Like Tycho is is another big one that I use uh, mm-hmm. when I edit. Um, very nice uh, background music, but also very clever music. I, I like it. And, um, and also just, uh, I like to listen to some, some rock sometimes when I do street photography in black and white, again, I don't know why, but when I do street photography, black and white, uh, I like to play some, uh, some rock. So I like to, you know, usual Phoenix is, is, is a band that I listen a lot. War on drugs is another one that I, man, do I love this band and national uh, is another band and, you know, bands like that are, are always part of my playlist. Mm. So you listen to music when you're shooting too? So this is the weird part. Yeah. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on the street, I want to be able to hear what's happening. I want to be able to see and hear and feel what's happening. So uh, I don't listen to music when I'm on the street. You know, it's funny. Uh, the reason I asked that is just yesterday. Normally, I'm listening to podcasts when I'm out walking around shooting, especially like locally in my neighborhood or whatever. Yesterday it was nice. It was foggy, and it was sun wasn't up yet. And I thought, okay, I want to get up the hill. You know, it's very hilly, mountainous here, so I want to get up on get up the hill before the sun comes up and start and shoot things as the sun's going through the fog and all that. And I ran out. I didn't bring my phone, so I couldn't listen to podcasts. It, I'm so I'm just within my own head. Nothing, you know, nothing interrupting me. And I got about halfway through it. I said, wow, I'm paying closer attention. I'm, I'm paying closer attention how I frame. I slowed down. I said, I'm not, I'm not listening to podcasts anymore while I'm shooting. Yeah, it, it goes back even... to experiencing things and feeling things. So I, I'm with you. That's, that's, and you would thought that, you know, I'm a big music guy. And like you, I like to listen to podcasts a lot. Yeah. And music. But no, on, on the street, I... Because you never know when there's going to be a little sound that will bring your eyes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is the photo. This is exactly the story I'm trying to catch or to tell or whatever you're trying to do. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I listen to music when I commute, though. And I yeah. look at the photos on the back of the screen. Or if I have a screen, some cameras I have don't have a screen. Uh, but if I do, I'm going to put, out, put up some, uh, some nice music. You're talking about commute. You mean driving commute or like on an airplane or a train? All, all of the above. <laughs> oh, okay. Because you can't look at photos when you're driving, obviously. Hopefully not. No. Well, if no. I'm the passenger seat, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about storytelling. You know, we you know, we publish a magazine, see lots of work. And uh matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Ricky at the Leica yeah. uh, Leica Street Photography Collective. He was interviewing a guy I was listening to while I was a while I was out shooting. Uh, Tony Diaz, photographer, 
And he said something very interesting. He said that uh, Ricky asked him what uh, um, what was what was the worst or most difficult advice he ever got. And he said that uh, I think he was in photo school, and the instructor said, "You have some nice photos here, but they're all disconnected. It's just like a collection of photographs." And since I was talking to you, I thought maybe I should ask you this question. Um, how can somebody, you know, go from, you know, making a number of nice photos or good photos, even maybe a few great photos into having a more cohesive style, or if they want to do a story, we see a lot of people submit stories and the photos are just random. You know, they might be sort of about the same subject. How would you guide somebody to go the next step? and help them um, uh, help them create more of a connection between the photos? Well, I think it's a, this is a very good uh, question, and the key word is connection. You just mentioned it in your last sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go back to what Simon Sinek, a famous uh, marketer and uh, teacher, uh, shared uh, when he first started to share his thoughts around how to connect with people. Um, and he said, start with why, right? So versus mm. how and how much and when, start with why. Why are you photographing this series of photos? Um, why are you sharing the work? Why, are you, why do you want to tell a story? If you start with why, the connection, the common thread between all of the body of work will start to make sense or not. And if it doesn't, Maybe you don't want to share that story and you want to send it to Bub uh, for the magazine. Maybe you want to rethink the reason why you're, you're shooting this, uh, this story. So for me, I think I'm at that point where I've, I think uh, or I thought I knew how to tell a story. But the more I look at my photography work, not the music work or anything mm-hmm. else, but the photography work, I'm just getting started. And that's what's most exciting about where I am in my photography journey, I feel like I, I'm giving you advice today, but I'm, who am I to say that? Because my own body of work hasn't, you know, it's not reflected in the body of work that I have. So now my journey, my second or third or fourth phase of the journey is, is applying my own stuff that I, that I keep sharing with uh, whoever wants to hear it. Now, it's funny you brought up asking the question why I was just reading an article about that very same subject but it was about problem solving and the whole, not process, but the whole, um, I don't know how you think about it is you keep asking the question, why, why? Okay. You come up with the answer and then you ask why to that question, that answer. And you just dig deeper and deeper to help you solve whatever the problem is. And I'm, I'm thinking in terms of technical problems, but it can apply to, relationships or you know uh, processing photos or whatever just by asking bob just by asking why is this story important i think it it opens up a whole array of logic or emotion a mix of both art and science like for me this is where you start to ask the real question and the answer according to me cannot be it's a nice looking image 
if it's that, then it goes on Instagram or sorry, I just, uh, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> pitching on Instagram, but I am, yeah. I'm on it and I'm a big fan. But um, for me, there's stuff for Instagram and then there's stories you want to share in mediums or outlet where it makes more sense to share a whole story and a background and, and so on and so forth. So what's your favorite piece of visual storytelling that you've come across? Did you ask me that question? I, I think you I did. did. Okay. I think somebody asked me that question. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was you. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question. <laughs> well, uh, for me, um, th th there's a couple photographers out there that are putting in the work and, and, and thinking about why they're doing it. And I mean, I have to mention Joel Merowitz uh, because this guy mm. really is a meaningful photographer, a purpose driven photographer. He wants to tell stories, first of all, that you might not have seen and but you have passed by multiple times in New York or wherever he is in the world. But then he also asked himself, how can I bring also a question with what I'm suggesting through my photos? Mm. That is where mastery for me happens. It's uh -huh. not your it's not just that you're telling a story, but you're making the the person looking at the image think about life differently. Right. So for mm -hmm. me, that's this is where I like if I could spend I was on workshops with him uh, through Zoom, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I could spend five minutes with him, we we wouldn't talk about gear or Leica or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would ask him the same question as, as you asked me. So for me, that that's a great example of a body of work that is meaningful, impactful, and that is making you think about life in a different way. And isn't that the whole point of being an artist? Uh, there's debate on what artist means, but for me, Joel is a real, is a real, real deal. Uh, yeah, he certainly is. He certainly is. Plus, such a nice guy. Well, I, I, you know, some other guys are just assholes, but he's like, <laughs> he's super nice. He, he, he has it all. <laughs> That's what I heard. I, I, uh, I heard him on the uh, B and H podcast. Yes. Uh, and along with uh, um, Melissa. Oh my God. Oh. She, Melissa O'Shaughnessy. I'm, I'm, yes, yes, that's. Yeah. that's Did her. you hear that uh, one? Yeah. One. yeah, yeah. It's like she's fairly new photographer, and they're both in New York, and you could tell he took her under his wing. I mean, this guy has got to be really busy, but yeah. uh, it seemed like he, you know, he uh, mentored her and helped her, and I thought, wow, what a you know, what a nice thing to do. Especially she, when you're she's, so famous. She's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I shouldn't say lucky. She worked for it. She connected. Oh, yeah. With the guy. Absolutely. She went to the workshop. She and and but you know, sometimes again, this is the beauty of being human. Sometimes a connection is made. Like the garbage song I said, a connection is made. Sorry, I always have songs in my yeah, head. Yeah, you've got nice, nice pipes. <laughs> go ahead, keep going. <laughs> but um connection was made and the rest is history. She's very good. She's inspired by Joel, but she found her own voice, which is oh, always yeah tough to do also when you're taken under the wing of a such a master uh like like joel so uh, a lot of respect for for her yeah it's just i don't know it it's so valuable to have a mentor in whatever you do and uh forget who said it to young people to what's the most important thing to do when you get out of school and you try to make your way in the world and, that, and that's to find a mentor. Yes. You know, somebody who's maybe not your parents age, but somewhere in between they've been there. 
And uh, completely agree. And you can't always do it. Yep. Never too late. So you, another subject you do a lot on YouTube, and which is, you know, I go on YouTube all the time to learn things. Um, photography, obviously. Pickleball. I've gotten into pickleball. I don't even know if you guys play that up there. <laughs> it's kind of an old guy sport. Anyway, but you, yeah, you've been on YouTube for a long time, but you even mentioned to me earlier that YouTube's in kind of a, a weird place in terms of photography. I mean, yes. what, what do you mean by that? Thank you for the question, because I'm struggling every day uh, to find my purpose, not only in photography, but on content sharing platforms. Mm-hmm. What is our role? I started the YouTube channel because I had questions. I wanted to create a community around like-minded people and all this great stuff. I turned it into a gear review channel for a little while because that was the state of the union on YouTube. Yep, Those were the videos that were getting the views. And I got trapped into the whole tricky situation where you're like, hey, I'm spending all this time speaking to a camera. I want people to see what I'm hearing, uh, to, 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 to look at what I'm sharing. And so I'm going to do whatever works. Uh, it's the same for Instagram. It's the same for other platforms. So, but then I realized, and I'm not the only one. If you look at Sean Tucker, we talked about Sean Tucker, I think last time. If you look at Mad Day, if you look at all those photographers that also got trapped, and these are way bigger channels than mine, but it's the same thought process. They are coming back to wanting to share more personal stories, talking about their journey through photography versus what type of camera they have in, in their hands. So I'm I'm going through the same again at the smaller scale. I don't have the same follower accounts as them, but uh, but I have a what I'm super excited about is that I have a very engaged community and I might have lost a few people when I switched from gear reviews only to more cinematography, travel, storytelling, documentary and POV videos. Uh, but the guys who were there and the women who were there, they're super interested in, in what I'm doing. They're asking questions. And again, not just about gear, but also about how I felt when I was there. How how do you, to your point, uh, build a visual story that makes sense? How do you use creativity in your life? So for me, this is where I think I've, I'm going in the right direction. But it's not an easy uh, part. If YouTube was my only revenue stream, this is where I say YouTube is in a weird spot. If it's not a gear review or if it's not, if it doesn't have a brand like Fujifilm or, or Leica in the title and, and five top reasons why. And by the way, I do those videos too. So <laughs> I'm not dissing on that part of the YouTube uh, space. But if my livelihood depended on it, I'm not sure that I would stay in that, that space because I don't really like when it's only about gear. And like we discussed pre-show, there's no bad gear anymore. You know, that one has 40 megapixels, that one has 42, and this one has, it's just, all the cameras are good. Now find one that suits you and just shoot the hell out of it. That would be my my ultimate review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, enough said about that. It was very short and... uh, Shortest YouTube review ever. Find a camera that suits you, shoot the hell out of it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Subscribe, like, and comment below. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Subscribe, like, and comment. I noticed it. That seems to be a common theme, no matter what the what the uh, YouTube. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I, well, I you have to. Guilty, Your Honor. Yeah, you know, you're talking about uh, content sharing platforms. You're, there's just so many. Incredible. And if you try to do all of them, you're you know you're going to be in trouble. I mean, uh, 
How you become a slave. You become down? a slave of the of the big corporations. I should maybe I shouldn't say that. It's maybe not a popular opinion. I'm on all of those platforms too, so that's why I'm. I like to contradict myself a lot. So being on the platform and also criticizing them, uh, I prefer to be on it to criticize them than to be outside of it and criticize them. So that makes sense. That's one way to see it. But um, I go back to my earlier point and to our earlier conversation. Why are we doing this? Yeah, to get likes. Yeah, like is that the whole point of sharing art? Um, but at the same time, the way business work, you have to have followership and likes to get brand deals and money and so on. So that's why I'm saying it's in a weird state right now. People say, oh, you're a YouTube photographer? And I just heard the latest Leica conversation with Matt Day. And the guy introduced Matt by saying he's a photographer and a YouTuber. And I say YouTube secondly because we want to talk about photography today. So I just love yeah. how the intro went for, for Matt. And I'm sure Matt appreciated it too. Yeah, that was uh, that was a smart move. I haven't seen that one yet. It's a good one. Yeah, I I, I really like to like our conversations. I'm always talking them up. Well, they, you don't have to use like it. I like their, I agree. Like their videos, but uh, they're very well done, and they're, the people who do the interviews are excellent. Yes, I learn a lot from them. A lot from them myself. But you did say something about gear. I did. <laughs> you did. We won't talk about those guitars back there, but I, but uh, you do, you do a lot of camera reviews. Like you said, you, you're just, you know, you just got a hold of the Rico GR3. Um, you know, you talk Fuji a lot, obviously. Yes. And uh, Leica as well. You've gotten into the Leica world. So anyway, you've seen all these cameras, you've played with them, you've reviewed them. If you're only allowed to have one, you uh, can't no. have any. Which one is it? What is it? Bob, you can't do that Excuse to me. me. You can't do that to me. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't um, say it was going to be easy. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's, it's and for, for the reference, we're recording this early in the morning. So, uh, okay, you're clear headed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, man, I, okay, here, here, here's the deal. Okay. I'm a big proponent of now these days, not back then. I used to have very complicated cameras. I'm a, I'm, I'm a proponent of, of, I'm a big fan of simplicity and not thinking about what lens is going to go on what and yep. so on and so forth. I will say that, okay, here's my recommendation. Price versus ratio, price versus performance versus all in package, mm -hmm. Fujifilm X100V. That, that for <laughs> me is the ultimate camera. But if you ask me, if you, if you have all the choice in the world yeah. and you only allowed one camera, I have it in my hand here, and I think it's your next camera too, Bob. Oh, I this have is one. Yeah. Like a Q2. So yeah. that for me is the pinnacle of everything I just described. Simplicity. It's weather sealed now, and yeah. it has that Sumilux yeah. lens, yeah. and it's my favorite camera of all time. There, I said it, but I, 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 I know I cheated. I gave two recommendations. Yeah, you did. You know what? It's funny. I'm in the same situation. I mean, I have the X100V and I have the Q2 and I, plus I got the X Pro 2, which I love. Uh -huh. And, and, uh, but the, the like is quite simple and yeah, it's, what do you call it? It's a luxury brand. It just feels great and looks great. And, uh, great. Plus, Bob, Bob, if, I'm, if I'm a desert Island, yeah, and there's a there's a tricky situation. I, I get attacked by a by a, a, an animal 
this yeah. makes a very good self-defense. Oh, absolutely. It's quite hefty, the, the Q2, so I can use it as self-defense. Whack them in the head. Another point for, for Q2. Does that desert island have power so you can charge the battery? Oh, man. But it's a good, pretty good battery life, though. It I, is. I like it. it better be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it better be. Well, tell us about your podcast. I mean, I, I was happy to be on it, and I thank you for that. And what's it all about? Yeah, thank you so much uh, for your participation in the latest episode. Um, I started the Visual Storytelling Podcast for the exact reasons um, that we discussed earlier about me wanting to invest more time in understanding visual storytelling through various points. Um, first of all, how humans can feel something just by looking at something. I was very interested in that. Also, how photography played a huge role in telling the story of the world. That, for me, is very important. Uh, and also, the equational, you know, what tools do we use to tell our stories in this day and age? I was also interested in, in that, that point. It started with me just, you know, talking to a microphone, sharing my thoughts. And somebody in the comments said, would be nice to have, you know, other people interacting with you. So I started interviewing my friend Tomas from Fuji Love and, and his new magazine right now, Frames, and also uh, some other friends. Uh, Ricky was on the podcast too. You were on the podcast. So for me, it's just nice conversation between people that are passionate about storytelling. And for me, it brings me a lot of new ideas. It also brings me a lot of uh, pride because audio is a medium that I think is underrated. And as you can see me, we all have fancy mics. We're, we're big fans of connecting through audio. So I think it's, uh, it's getting less and less underrated. But all those new platforms from Spotify, uh, Clubhouse, and so on, audio is kind of coming back. But for me, podcast is just the liberty of talking about what you want with like-minded people. And I really like, really like that. Yeah. The nice thing about a, a podcast is very personal. You know, you've got those things plugged into your ear. And whoever's doing the show you're talking to, it's being fed straight into your head. And uh, it's, it, I don't know, I, I listen to lots and I feel like I get to know the people and and I don't listen to people that I like and respect. And uh, it, I think it's a great medium. I I started out in radio. I mean, that's what I majored in in college was, was uh, broadcast, broadcast journalism. So it's nice to finally get into it. Yeah, after after a couple of years. Yeah, after a couple of years in the corporate world. So yeah, um, nice. I, I want to say, Bob, before we continue, yeah, your, your voice—it's mm -hmm. like if you were a band, yeah, we would recognize your song in two seconds, which is very important. Really, your voice is so unique. Really? I I know when it's you because your voice is unique, and it's a it's a great voice for it for for podcasts. I just want to throw it out there. And, and uh, is yeah. it my hillbilly accent? Uh, it's the tone and the color of your voice. See, oh. I'm using terms that I would use in in photography, but and you you ask me about yeah, that. No, no, me, no. that tone, that color, and that texture of your voice is uh, is what makes it unique. Oh well, thank you, man. You can come back on again <laughs> <laughs> anytime. I uh, we we have a video feed so we can see each other. Although this is an audio podcast. But Fred's yes. wearing a South South by Southwest sweatshirt. And do you go there a lot? Oh, I mean, yeah. No, it didn't they didn't have it for a couple of years, but 
I was so sad this year. I couldn't go. I had other engagements. But uh, yes, I used to go every year. Uh, well, not every year since inception, but uh, I went straight for like five years. Um, and it's one of my favorites, favorite place to be in the world. Uh, in Austin, Texas, what do you want more? Music, tech, short films, booze, um, party, and just okay. great street photography. Like for me, it's the... I want to be there. I know for for resident, it's not the same story. They're no. trying to get out of it when it's happening, and I I completely understand. But for me, living up north in Canada, and it's in March, and my birthday happens uh, March 15, and it's always during South by. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of um, festivities around uh, me uh, celebrating birthday at uh, at South by. What the heck? Yeah, Austin's a great place. I love Texas barbecue. Oh yeah, you have to go to that place. It's called what is it called? Well, which uh, one? Stubbs Stubbs Barbecue. Uh, they do gospel uh, show on the Sundays, and it's just you know you're a bit hangover from the night before. You go to the Stubbs, you you, you, you eat your nice barbecue, and then there's a gospel show. For me, it's just I can oh, die here and I'm cool. happy. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been there. I haven't been there. Been to Luling. My son lived in San Antonio for five years. He was a professional oh, nice. photographer there. Nice. And uh, I, I, I love Texas. Yes. Well, we won't talk about politics. No. There's a big butt in there. <laughs> well, let's I see. Love Texas and Texans and, yeah. But there's Austin. And then there's Austin. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great, great town. San Antonio is a great town, too. Very, very different, but wonderful place. So anyway, enough for the travel log. I just I had to ask you about that. Well, so when you go to South by, what what do you do? I mean, it's big and there's a lot going on. You do participate, or you're just yeah. Doing- I was once a speaker at the conference oh. uh, at South by. Also, go because I used to. Well, I still work in tech and yeah. media and entertainment. So as you can imagine, lots of meetings. I used to work in the music industry too uh, at uh, Stingray, which is a uh, tech music company, a streaming company out of Montreal, global company, but out of Montreal. So we would go there and we would organize shows. Uh, a showcase uh, we would connect with a lot of people and make business uh, so uh, do business so yeah I I, I I I experiment all aspects of south by okay <laughs> there you go never i've never been there uh, never oh been you there. have to next year bob we go together that sounds good that i'll, sounds I'll bring you i'll bring you a shirt i have a couple of those then i can <laughs> visit my sister who lives not too far from there oh well, there you go yeah let me ask you this. Okay, you live in Canada. You're Canadian. Montreal is a great city. But if you had to move to the U.S., where would you go? Another tough question, Bob. Just keep going with the, the tough question. It's going to be just um, like 60 minutes with Mike Wallace in the old days. So I hope you're ready. I'm, I'm starting to sweat now. Um, <laughs> I Okay, so here's the deal. Always not. It depends <laughs> is my answer. Um, I would live six months on the on the West Coast in California, of course, I would be probably San Diego, San Francisco. I don't, I'm, I don't know yet. I'm still debating. Ah. I'm visiting houses. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't afford them. Unlimited still, income. Yeah. Well, there you go. There. I, if I sell all my Leicas, maybe. And I keep the Fuji. Anyways, I'm, I'm making plans ahead. So I would, I would stay, uh, of course, uh, West Coast. But man, New York, Chicago, even Boston, throw it in there. Uh, but New York's specifically and, and and Brooklyn and all these places um east coast would would be uh, it would be uh, around these uh, areas so new, i would say new york and san fran there you go there you there have you it there you go <laughs> what a combination yes yeah you need unlimited income 
for any of those. Or a lot of Leicas. A lot of Leicas. Yeah, sell, sell lots of Leicas. So, um, you know, we talk about make making content. I mean, you, you do it constantly. And it's, as I said before, it's a, it's a hungry animal uh, creating things all the time. Uh, how do you keep your creative juices flowing? I mean, to keep coming up with new ideas. Or do you yes. have so many you just don't know what to do with them? No, <laughs> I need to get uh, some uh, influx of creativity sometimes. I do uh, a couple things, um, lots of photo books. I know, again, it's a bit cliche, but lots of photo books and just books in general. Um, currently reading Dave Grohl's uh, Storyteller. I think it's, and I just uh, learned about the passing of uh, uh, Hawkins, the uh, the drummer of Foo Fighters this morning. So it's a, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a sad day. But uh, anyways, all that to say, uh, music books, photo books, and just books in general about creativity, or I mentioned Simon Sinek about Start With Why book, uh, another one that I really like. So I read books or I listen to books, should I say, I'll be very mm -hmm. honest. I, I'm a big fan of audiobooks because Me I do too. other things while I'm reading or listening. So that's, uh, that's one. Uh, I like also to get inspired by listening to regular day conversations. Here's what I would do. I would go to a coffee shop here in Montreal, or if I'm traveling, go to a local coffee shop, listen to the conversation. Yes, it does sound like I'm a creep, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I like to listen to stories because ah. this is real life. This is what people do day in, day out, and sometimes it'll spark an idea. I'll, I'll hear somebody idea. say, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I want to paint my house red. And then I'm like, let's shoot red things today right um <laughs> or, or, or somebody says i don't know how to be more creative and then i say, oh this is a good topic for um the visual storytelling podcast or, or even my youtube channel so and i like to also join communities so this is where I got in touch with ricky uh, here we have the beers and cameras montreal chapter i, I run that with a, a, a guy here a local guy and um, and also the community around the Leica store here in Montreal. We're all big family. You can see some of these guys in my videos on YouTube. So I like to be surrounded with creative people and creative tools uh, like books and, and so on. Yeah. So you read, you listen, you talk. I also don't sleep. Uh, I'll sleep <laughs> when I'm not. dead. I think a DJ said, the famous DJ said once, uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. So uh, that's my philosophy, I guess. Maybe it's not good for my health, but that's that's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, then you'll be dead soon, and you get lots of sleep. There you go, sleep for uh, unlimited sleep. <laughs> so what's uh, what's next for you? What uh, you got some big projects on the horizon you can talk about? Yes, a um, couple things. So traveling, coming back. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed uh, to almost normal. So I have five trips coming up. So both professional and personal and lots of photography involved, as you can imagine, a bit of video too, to document uh, the whole thing. And so I'll, I'll report back and I'll, I'll try some cameras. I'm planning on shooting film also with something that I I've done here locally, but not traveling for the past three years. So looking forward to rock that M6 with some new film in there, trying some, some film stock. Uh, so that is coming up. Also, I have big plans for the YouTube channel. Again, a bit of a shift in the type of content that I'm sharing, less gear reviews, although I will continue to share my thoughts around cameras, but more on the why I'm using a camera versus how you should use a camera. 
and also have uh, uh, some plans on the that I cannot discuss uh, at length, but some plan on sharing my work in other form than digital and uh, you know social media. So so more traditional way of sharing, uh, but in a very modern way of promoting. So uh, I, I I actually want to thank you because I saw you bought my magazine, my I zine did. this morning. Thank you so much. It's really appreciated. That's just you know one little. Mm-hmm. push towards where I want to go. And, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep it at this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to look at it and I, I actually, I need to ask you about that too, because, uh, um, you talk about, you know, having a cohesive story and you did that all, all photos. Yeah. Uh, and it was, what was it called silo five? Silo number five. And Silo number five, future. and uh, I, I encourage people to 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 buy it, and look at it. It's uh, I'm. It's something I've been wanting to do is get into a place that's closed. It's an old factory, I guess, but yes, uh, and uh, really nice work, by the way. Thank you. But, how, how do you get access to something like that? <laughs> this is where I will uh, let you in on the secret. So I used to work at Tourism Montreal. Oh. Right? So I, I like to mix work and personal projects. So working at Tourism Montreal, we had a, a, an exclusive and unique chance to go into a building that's been abandoned for 20 years. One yeah. of the most massive, biggest old that mill factory that uh, that was there in old Montreal, we actually were able to go to every floor, even the rooftop where you get a 360 view of Montreal that you cannot have uh, yeah. if you're not on that building because you're close to the water, but you can also see the city. And for those who don't know, Montreal is an island. So you can see the South Shore, the North Shore, the everything. So ha- I was able to shoot. And back then, that this is a this is from an old uh, camera and, and some, of the, some of the low light wasn't that great but when i look at the photo it actually adds you know it adds some mm-hmm. grain it has some moodiness and whatever you want to call it so for me that is a project that's important because it started to make sense in my head to do a story not just post nice photos so for me i mm-hmm. i'm hooked now i want to tell more cohesive stories and i want my body of work to to be consistent which is something i'm again just getting started Oh, did you shoot? You said so. Use the same camera. Yes. You use the same lens too. Uh, yes, it was one lens, and um, again, I'm gonna reveal a secret. It was a zoom lens. Ah. Back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was multiple lenses. Exactly. No, so, okay. uh, use whatever you need. <laughs> and and for those gearheads, it was an icon. Just, just oh, was a, it? Yeah. D700 to be more precise. Oh, and okay. back then, the Nikon D700 was. And here we are talking about gear, but yeah. it was probably, it was the D3 sensor. So it was probably the best low light camera. But when I hit that 800 ISO mark, it was like, this is it, man. You're not going, you're not going <laughs> <No>. over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot has changed. Lots changed. So why don't you tell us where people can find you? Thank you so you're much. You're in a lot uh, of places and we'll put every link in there, but... Thank you, Bob. But the good news is that you can just search for Fred Ranger on any platform and I'll, I should come up. 
And if not, you can go at fredranger.com where all of my you know, portfolio and work is uh, hosted. And also bio.site slash fredranger, which is kind of a nice little microsite that regroups everything I do from my social media to my website to my podcast to my even my NFTs uh, are on there. So um, that's another way to reach me. So it's bio.site? Yeah, bio.site slash Fred Ranger. Well, something, something I haven't checked out yet. <laughs> it was just a nice way to put everything in yeah. one place without having to send people all over the, the internet. Yeah, there's another one. Link.tree, yeah, it's the same. same yeah, same. yeah, same kind of thing. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, Fred, well, thanks. I uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday morning. And... um. I'm glad you were available. Well, thank, thank you. I would have, uh, I would not miss this for 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 anything. It's a it's a both a pleasure and an honor to to share some uh, some thoughts with you this morning. And um, I think we should do that more often. And I think, uh, like I said, we should go to South by together and 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 just film it. So it would make nice content for both uh, your channel and my channel. 